0: Get up to two free months of podcast hosting service with Lipsyn. Use our unique promo code LATINAPOD to get your show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Get critical audience building stats and all the support you need to sound your best. They can even do video. Bring your podcast to life and have your voice heard here, there and everywhere with Lipsyn. Again, make sure to use Lipsyn promo code LATINAPOD and get podcasting.
1: Hola amigas, mi nombre es Rita Bautista and I am the founder of the Latina Podcasters Network, a platform created to globally amplify the voices of Latinas who podcast. I started my company because I wanted to hear the voices of my community and my people reflected back into my ears. Well, this podcast is dedicated to all of those dreamers and founders who decided that they also wanted to take a chance on themselves and create something for their community In Empodera Latina, you'll hear stories from CEOs to social media experts, moms, tech company owners, and leaders from across the world that are all Latinas here to share their stories with you weekly. Stay tuned. Hola todas, welcome back to another episode of Empodera Latina Podcast. I'm your host, Rita Bautista, the founder of the Latina Podcasters Network. Today we have Janice Torres Rodriguez and Jen Hemphill will be talking about Latina wealth and financial advising and growing your, your financial investments or just in general working on being debt free. Janice Torres Rodriguez is the host of Yo Quiero Dinero, a personal finance podcast created for Latinas and people of color. An engineer by day and self-described side hustle guru, she advises Latinas to build multiple streams of income and teaches her money-making strategies in her Side Hustle Moguls program. She might have a thing or two to teach us after earning $100,000 last year from her side hustles alone. Torres Rodriguez a first-generation Puerto Rican mujer is also a fierce advocate of investing with goal of early retirement. Her content on Instagram, TikTok, and the podcast addresses topics from tackling debt to estate planning to financial independence and more. Jen Hempil is a military spouse and proud bilingual Latina. Helps the busy career-oriented woman become the reina of her money and love of her dinero. She is a Latina expert in AFC, accredited financial counselor, author, speaker, and hosts the Her Dinero Matters podcast. Her Dinero Matters is an award-winning podcast focused on the advancement of U.S. Latinas to minimize the gender wage gap while creating a healthy and confident conversation around money. She's been featured in publications such as Forbes, U.S. News, and World Report, Oprah Magazine, Good Company Magazine, and Grow, Acorns, CNBC, Yahoo Finance. These two women have such an amazing biography, and (laughs) I feel unworthy to be here because my money is hurting. (laughs) But no longer. We're going to get rid of those dinero wounds today with these two amazing mujeres Latinas and also money experts. Thank you both so much for being here today, Jen and Janice. Thank you for having us. Yeah. So for everybody who's listening, right, I know we all go through these moments of trying to figure out what the next thing to do to gain more access to wealth or to grow our our little seeds, our little money trees, especially sometimes being first generation. Most of our struggles have been in the lack space, right? Like not necessarily always having enough money. But now you might be the first generation person who actually has some abundant money flowing into your account, or you can share these tips with your family to try to help them also get the, get a little egg for their retirement, right? And start making these money moves that become a lot better. I think, especially now in 2021, we've seen a huge growth of Latinas who are also talking about financial advising and um, where how to invest your money in stocks, how to um, get started. But I'm interested in hearing what was the thing that pulled you to this industry? Why did you want to go into um, financial advising or wealth generation? Um, and and what was like what was the thing that influenced you to get into this industry?
2: Um, so for me, I always tell people I'm like uh, the most unlikely person to be in personal finance because I like did not anticipate talking about money in any way, shape, or form as a career, let alone a hobby. So I definitely came into the personal finance space through the lens of entrepreneurship. So I am a food blogger. That's my first side hustle. I started that sort of as a creative outlet to escape from like a career that was just super life, you know, it it was soul sucking. I just felt very much unaligned with what I felt I needed to do, what I wanted to do. And so once I started learning about side hustles, entrepreneurship, the ability to generate money on your own without a corporate job, like that to me was a life changing thing because the narrative that I had been told the whole time, like growing up and, you know, going to college and doing all of the things that us first gens are like expected to do, right? You know, you go to school, you get a career, you get the job that gives you a pension, you work for 45 years and you retire. So this idea of like, Creating an idea that then you could sell and then it becomes the way that you make a living, super revolutionary to me. And so that definitely started my path to wanting to understand the true power of money and our true potential to create wealth.
3: For me, it really went to me being a military spouse. And when I met my husband and before I met my husband, I had all these plans, these different plans that didn't involve him because I didn't know him at the time, and when I decided that he was the man that I was going to marry, and I knew he was going to go in the military, I re- I knew that my career was going to be impacted. And so when we got married, uh, I knew with the different moves, I wanted to have a career. I was that woman. I wanted to have a career, and I wanted to have my cake and eat it too. And that meant to me that when we had children. I didn't want to have to go to a nine to five job. So it was really, it started my journey into what exactly am I going to do? Because back in the year 2000, like the internet had barely started, right? And so these opportunities that we see now were not there. And so it was just me trying to figure out, okay, if I'm going to work from home, what does this look like? And then later on, you know, this took several years, but it really went to finances, because my husband was always saying, well, you like finances. And there, there was this opportunity to get the scholarship with the FINRA Foundation, which led me to become an accredited financial counselor. And then from there, I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I can, I can have clients and, and meet with them via Skype. And that's where it all started. And it's just evolved from there. Would you guys
1: say that the pandemic has been beneficial or affected your business over the last year?
2: yeah, so you know I'm very blessed to say that the pandemic accelerated the growth of my business, and I think you know for several reasons, I think the most the most obvious is that people were stressed out about money, right? everybody was like, "What are we gonna do? Oh my God, it's another recession." Uh, you know, everything that I've been working for is so hard, like it's falling apart. And so many of us have, if we weren't personally affected, we've seen friends and family get furloughed, you know, losing their jobs and and seeing the real impact of what that lack of financial literacy can do. And so for me, it um it definitely made the platform grow exponentially because people were really seeking out financial information and education. And more importantly, I think people are really craving feeling like they are seen by the financial industry, right? Uh, so many of us grew up with this idea that wealth is for white people or rich people. And if you were not one of those two categories, like this is just not even a conversation that we need to be having. and uh, you know that that has definitely been debunked as people realize like, oh, you know we are all impacted by money. We're all impacted by our lack of literacy around financial education. And when I, when I can find somebody who's talking about this stuff that understands my cultural upbringing, understands the unique struggles that are part of our communities, it resonates so much more and there's a hunger for the information. So it's been a real blessing to be able to give people a place to come and like commune and learn and share all of the struggles and the triumphs that we're all trying to collectively achieve as a community.
3: For me, it's I have definitely experienced growth, but I don't I can't say it was because of the pandemic or if it was just because I've been planting all these seeds. It's hard to say what that is, but I definitely have experienced growth, especially since I decided to narrow down because I was once known, my podcast was started as Her Money Matters. And when several years ago, I asked myself, why am I not speaking to Latinas? My audience knows I'm Latina. Why am I not speaking to Latinas? We've got the largest gender wage gap amongst all women. And that's when I decided to shift. It was a hard decision because I had... This podcast that has been successful and a large audience, uh, it's had been mentioned by even a true crime podcast, like My Favorite Murder. I don't know if you're familiar. Like they recommended my podcast, like Murder and Finances. I guess it can go hand in hand. I have no idea. Podcast celebrity here. No, I'm I'm sharing that just because I was at a point where I was getting a lot of clients because of the podcast. And then I decided, you know what, let me just narrow it down to Latinas. And what did I experience? Uh, uh, less downloads because my audience was leaving, the audience that I had gained. But my business grew even bigger. So I think I derailed the conversation. I went in a zigzag pattern. But I hope that answered your question.
1: <laughs> Not a problem. That's one of my favorite traits about listening to Latinas Who Podcasts is like, we go everywhere, but we all know what we're talking about. So I think that that works. No worries. <laughs> uh, Jen, you just recently had an event, the Financially Strong Latina. And um, I saw one of the topics was what it means to be financially strong. What would you say in your perspective, how would you define being financially strong as a Latina?
3: Well, it depends on the person, right? I want each person to have their own definition. And for me, uh, being a financially strong Latina means having the confidence, uh, being in control, being okay with making mistakes with that money, because heck, I do it all the time. And It really means just staying the course and being, knowing that you are setting an example for others, knowing that other people are watching you and not into the extent of other people are watching you, the pressure is on, but knowing that you can make an impact no matter where you are at in your financial journey to, to other Latinas, to other people that are watching you. So that's what it means to me.
1: Janice, how would you describe being a financially strong Latina?
2: I think when I think of strength, it's a multifaceted thing. So for us to be strong financially, it definitely has to start with education, you know, because there's so many people giving like random advice, even on places like TikTok now, like, you know, everybody's a financial expert. But like, if you don't have the foundation to really understand what the fundamental things you need to be putting in place in order to protect yourself financially, like your emergency fund, like a budget, like an investing plan, like an estate plan. If you're not putting all those things into play, all the stuff that you're going to get thrown at you about what you should be doing is not really going to make sense. So before you start doing anything that looks like investing or saving or paying down debt or any of that stuff, you need to become financially literate. And it's so easy nowadays to find tons of free resources like our podcast like books, YouTube, I mean, there's so many places. So that to me is the, the basis of becoming financially strong.
3: And I would just add, if I may, Rita, I would add that with that, because I, I love that has brought that up. And wh- what I would add is just to really, even though there is a ton of information, to trust yourself as to what you need at this moment in time that's really really critical because we what we want to do sometimes all the things, but really, and especially when we think, well, the experts know it all. I have to do this. Well, that that thing that they're recommending may not be the thing that you need right now. So it all goes to trusting yourself and really understanding what is it that you need right now. It's not what the experts want you to do, but rather what do you need that is going to move the needle and really allow you to um, take it to the next level in your financial life.
1: Janice, you mentioned TikTok and I think it's really, it's awesome, right? Like it's a great tool for marketing, but I also think it's causing a lot of stress in people because it's almost like a lot of the people that are taking to TikTok are experts who are basically giving you three second snippets of how you need to be the best person in the world right now or else, right? How do you deal with the pressure? Because I know that you utilize TikTok for your business. How do you go about putting forth good educational information for people who follow you?
2: Yeah, I think the important thing to realize about these social media platforms is like they are going to give you nuggets of information. And the whole purpose of these platforms is to start piquing your interest. So then you actually start doing the work to understand like what I need to actually be doing. right? So if you see somebody on TikTok and it's like, you need to start investing x amount of money in your 401k if you want to never work again okay what am i supposed to be investing in where do i open this account like what what does that whole process look like you're not going to get that on TikTok, right and so the whole purpose and i think what it should be used as is just like see what's out there and then you have to do the work you have to start like i said building that foundational information um that education and start exploring, okay, so these are all the things people are talking about, what makes sense for me, like what Jen mentioned. And you know, you have to be careful too, because there's a lot of people that are scamming on these platforms, right? Like they're parading around as per- personal finance experts, but they're actually like insurance salesmen or like multi-level marketing scams or something like that, right? Like you'll never work again, just come and sign up for my workshop and I'll teach you how to make a million dollars a month, right? You got to be very careful with these things. And there's no substitute for like trusting your intuition and educating yourself in various different ways so that you're not just getting information from one person. I think that's really dangerous. When we start kind of taking those cult personalities and making them the only people that we can listen
3: to, that's usually a red flag (laughs) in my opinion. I agree. And one thing that I really respect about Janice is that even though she she's teaching from her life experiences. She doesn't say you should do this and you need to do that. She has, she shares what has worked for her and she's very clear. And I respect that because you really do need to be careful. I didn't know until like maybe this past year, there's uh, MLMs for finances. Like, I I guess maybe I didn't know, but there was another one that someone had contacted me about partnering it up. And then I looked it up. I'm like, Wait a minute, what in the heck is this why is why does this exist? So you really have to be careful, so think about what do some research on that person and who they represent and all that because you do definitely need to be careful. You need to look for even with the accredited people. I have an accredited financial counseling a designation. There's also certified financial planners, just because you have a designation doesn't necessarily mean you're trustworthy. So you, and I'm not knocking on them. I mean, I have a designation, right? I'm not knocking anybody, but you just, you need to just like nonprofits, not all nonprofits are made the same. There's a lot of things you need to be very, very careful uh, and do your due diligence.
1: I'm curious, right? So you guys are both in finance and, and working on building your wealth, have there ever been some money wounds that you personally had to move past in order to get to where you are now?
2: Oof, that's, uh, you know, where do we begin? I think the biggest one for me has been, well, I recently quit my job to do this thing, like full-time entrepreneurship thing, And the level of mindset work that you need to do in order to first like have los cojones honestly to do that after going to school, getting two degrees, like doing all of those things that my parents said are the pinnacle of success, and then just telling them, hey guys, (laughs) it's been fun, but I'm gonna go do my own thing. You know, the the conversations that I had to have with my family about like why this was important to me and just getting past the fear of judgment and like guilt of making that decision oof that was heavy that was so heavy because i know like you know my parents have sacrificed everything for me to have the opportunity to do all of those traditional things but i had to remind myself they didn't just sacrifice for you to live one version of your life they sacrificed everything for you to live the best version of your life and what does that actually mean to you versus what does that mean to them Uh, so, you know, we carry a lot of our parents' expectations and the pride of the family. (laughs) And so, you know, going against the grain brings up a lot of stuff. It's a journey. It's definitely that guilt
1: factor, right? Like, it's like, we're, we're sitting here living, they're living vicariously through us, but they scared us shitless to get to that point where it's like, no, you have to live financially stable. And that means graduate from college. Get a job, do the things I couldn't do, and it's like that's a lot of pressure for somebody. So yeah, Jen, same question. What about you? What What are your money moons? One oh, money wounds that you needed to work through.
3: I think just the guilt that we were in a better financial spot than some of our some of our family members. That for me has always been something that has held me back. Uh, is feeling guilty for having more, feeling guilty for being in a better financial situation. Uh, so that definitely has held me back. Uh, but I've, so I've done some work around that, and and really have come to the point of being okay with that, because then I'm able to help, I'm able to give back, I'm able to help family members that they need, them. I'm able to give back to organizations that we love. And it's okay uh, to do that. I think we need to, especially because I was brought up in a, in a family where a kiss, uh, um, you have to be grateful for, for what you have. And so for me, that translated, if I already have what I need, that's enough. Why do I need more? Right. And that's another shift that I've had to make because for a while, even in business, and that's something that's held me back in business is, well, my, basically we don't rely on my income uh, for my family. i we can, we live on what we live off one income and we're able to save and invest on that income. And so for a while, especially the, big, the very beginning, i I think because of that, I'm like, again, it went back to that story as of we have enough. Why do we need more? So my business was very like a very turtle <laughs> pace, right? Uh, so I've definitely had to uh, do some work around that. And it's a work in progress because there's still some days where even though I have improved, whether life happens, uh, whatever that may be, some, something sets you back and it's like, oh my goodness, I have to start over again and doing this work. And it's, it's something that you can't permanently fix. It's something that you have to continuously work on and make sure that those thoughts, what you, who, the thoughts that you are have in your head, what you're consuming, who you surround with helps you and uplifts you.
1: Absolutely. I think you guys hit on some pretty good points. Um, you know, I know for a fact I struggle with some of these things, right? And and my friends too, because we're kind of like in that cusp of moving from one mindset to another, where it was like, you know, that that space that we always lived in where it's like nidia ki ni ya, which seems to be a ongoing theme that um that I hear from a lot of our guests. It's like you know we live in this beautiful space of in between but we're also kind of like having to finally release that mindset of not being able to have enough or feeling bad because la familia está allá y ellos no están haciendo el dinero or it's like it's not necessarily our responsibility anymore because you know all of that has happened and moved forward and it's our opportunity now to almost take on the ability to be selfish Si eres como yo, se te hace difícil a veces ser un podcaster independiente y seguir subiendo podcasts constantemente porque no tenemos una comunidad con quien conectar. Ahora tengo la solución. Latina Podcasters Network te da conexión a comunidad de podcasters y también te da tu propia página en el directorio más grande de Latina Podcasters en el mundo. Tenemos la plataforma que conecta con más de 70 podcasters no esperes más. Visita latinapodcasters.com para agregarte a la plataforma más grande del mundo de podcasters, amplificando las voces de latinas. Um, so I wanted to ask you guys, what are the, what is one of the most important money hack tips that you utilize religiously? Jen, I'll start with you.
3: For me, is keeping track of those money wins. Uh, And that's just a simple thing to do. And really, and I don't know if that would be a hack, but it's just a habit that I carry on. Uh, Because you need that to keep you moving and you need that for your confidence. And keeping track of those money wins and your progress keeps you going uh, with your finances.
1: Do you use any tools in particular to keep uh, track of your money wins?
3: I keep it simple. Oh, oh, the tools of keeping to keep track of money wins. I just put it in my planner because I use my, uh, not digital, but paper planner religiously. And so therefore I keep it in there and then I am able to review it, uh, compile it all together. And it's not just necessarily money wins, but wins in business, everything. But there is a specific, you know, specifically I keep track of those money wins as well. I keep it simple. I'm not high-tech.
1: What's been your best win this year?:
3: Wow, I think my best win this year that is a good question,' because it's, it's been such a, an amazing year so far. I think being able to provide for me, I think the financially strong Latina event. Uh, has been my biggest win because one being beyond besides being able to serve all the attendees, one of the biggest things for me was paying the speakers and paying the speakers uh, well, especially for the first event. So for me, that has been like the biggest win. And I know that's not necessarily the personal, but on the business level, that for sure. And I was very, very proud of that because it was my first event and uh, paying the speakers was important.
1: Janice, what is a number one money hack that you live by religiously?
2: Tracking my net worth. That's something that, first off, I didn't even realize like that that was a thing for people who weren't like celebrities, right? Because you always hear like, you know, Beyonce has got a billion dollars net worth, whatever. But we all have a net worth. And sometimes it's negative. Sometimes it's zero. Sometimes it's positive. It just depends on the journey that you're on and the stage that you're on in your financial journey. And for me, I really started feeling empowered once I understood what was happening with my money. Right. And just the simple things of like knowing who I owe, knowing what I'm, what the market is doing with my investments, knowing how much money's coming in. Like that is, it it allows me to come from a place of power. It allows me to come from a place of like awareness. Right. Cause then like, when you know what's happening with your money, You can make really strategic decisions with it too and i had to implement that same methodology with my businesses because i had no idea what the hell what type of money i was making for a very long time because i didn't have an accounting system i didn't have a way to track my progress with my business and i actually realized in 2020 i became financially independent but i didn't even know that because i had for the longest time not been tracking how well my business was doing right so it's just like when you don't know what's happening You don't know if you're actually in a better position than you think you are or conversely if you don't know what's happening you might not know how bad things are and you're not doing anything to change them right so like it's just about awareness i think like that's the most important thing for me Is like the hack of hacks know what the hell's going on with your money
3: that's the first step and can i add to that because i think tracking the net worth is just so important if you are looking at your net worth and sometimes it is a negative, just keep in mind that if you're keeping, if you even keep a notebook of, okay, this year, my net worth was this. It's really a story of your life in that p- a specific time. And it allows you to really reflect and think about what was going on in your life at that point in time and how far you've become. And that's another reason. So it's not about tracking it because you need to see a positive number or, you know, the the seven figure number right away. It's about knowing where, like Jenny said, it's about knowing where you're at. And it's a story of where you were at that particular time. And I think keeping track of that, especially over the years, you'll have a big appreciation later.
1: Janice, you shared your... A breakdown for how you made a hundred thousand dollars on social media, and I think that that's such a bold and powerful thing to do. One, because that puts you in a higher tax bracket, right? And it's it's great, it really is. But it also serves as like a motivational piece for others that are coming up. So I think that that's such a huge thing that you are very transparent about the breakdown of how you made your money. How did you feel going into thinking about? Okay, I'm gonna post how I made my money. Um, what was that initial feeling?
2: Honestly, I I don't put a lot of thought into, (laughs) and this probably sounds really wrong, but I don't put a lot of thought like into, oh, how's this going to come off? Because I think for me, it's so important to like normalize this idea that as women entrepreneurs, like we can achieve amazing things. And the reason why I feel so compelled to share this data is because Less than 10% of all women owned businesses make over $100,000 in revenue a year. So, just the fact that I was able to do that, you know, I'm beating the statistics. And so, for me, it's like so important to normalize this idea that, yes, we are also capable of doing this. And I don't want people to think that, like, you know, I'm one of these people who's like, yeah, I'm going to teach you how to side hustle. I'm going to show you how to make money, but I'm not going to show you how I'm making money. For me, it's like, you know, It's so important to just be an example of what is possible. And I can't really do that without showing you the goods, right? (laughs) Sometimes that makes people uncomfortable. That's okay. Like this whole process of creating a business, of pursuing wealth, like all of this is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable because we don't see it. It's uncomfortable because we haven't had examples of it. But the more that we normalize talking about this, The more we can open up discussions, not only about like what we can achieve in business, but like how much are we making at our jobs? Right. How much are you investing? Like all of these conversations start to get opened up and people start really realizing the true potential of what we can achieve as individuals. So it's, um, you know, it's been fun. And I feel like that kind of content really resonates with people more than anything, because it's just like, you see what is possible. And then that opens up the possibilities for you to even start imagining what's possible.
1: Absolutely. And specifically related to the gender wage gap and Latinas, you know, looking at something like that is really powerful, because I think a lot of times the media portrays our community as less than right and and showing us that, The statistics that they're finding um, works against us, and I think it's very important for us to continue to be very transparent, so that we can really start to recreate that landscape and showcase the positive sides of the things that are happening with the Latina community, especially in wealth generation, which is what's going to catapult us into the next level of, um, you know, second generation, third generation Latinos who at this point, won't even have to worry about wealth generation because they'll already be wealthy.
2: (laughs) I'm still here for that. (laughs) I know, girl. I'm ready. I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) What has
1: been the most rewarding thing that you've gotten out of your career so far?
3: I think for me, just fulfilling what I set out to do, having my cake and eat it too. Essentially, I've been able to move a ton of times. And uh, even though (laughs) basically in the the times that I've been here and and where we're living right now, this is where we've been primarily in the past six, seven years is where I've pretty much built my business. But I've been able to fulfill what I set out to do in terms of building a career that was mobile and that has allowed me to stay at home with my kids. Uh, That was really Primary and really, really important to me. So that has been fantastic.
2: Yeah. For me, it's kind of twofold. So I, for the first time in my life, feel completely aligned with what I do for a living. And that's something that I've been seeking for the longest time. You know, I didn't really ever get the message at home that like you could actually love what you do and make a great living doing that, right? And it always just felt like you had to pick one, you could be super passionate about it but you were probably going to be poor, or you could hate it but they're going to pay you six figures, right? And like, wait a minute, y'all, there's a third option. There's actually an opportunity to make money doing something that you truly love and something that can take care of not only you but like your family, future generations, all that stuff. So, that's been very, very rewarding. And then from Just the impact that the podcast and the business has had on women, especially my side hustle students. Like I've been able to help dozens of women create businesses that have opened up their minds to the possibility of entrepreneurship, of financial independence, of walking away from the corporate jobs, creating something that is 100% theirs and that is aligned with their purpose in life. Like that to me is the most rewarding thing ever. Beautifully said.
1: I mean, you know, and I think one of the things that's so beautiful about what both of you guys are doing is that you're also influencing Latinas in general and like giving them a, a tool or utilizing opportunity to share it with others. Whereas like, I know communally, sometimes we're not always the most supportive of each other, right? And you're changing the narrative and, and making it a very positive thing where the conversation about finances can always be very uncomfortable. So I wanted to commend you guys for that because it always warms my heart when people really want to make a change for the future, um, especially in very challenging topics.
3: Yeah, and I wanted to just add on to what you said, Arita, because I know for our field in finance, it makes me so happy when I see more Latinas talking money. Like when I saw Janice and her podcast, I'm like, finally someone else help me help me i can't do this alone right so i think that's important for me i don't see this when i see other latinos talking uh, talking about money i see this this is a collaborative effort because I don't talk side hustles like Janice does. I have my own, I stay in my zone of genius, right? And I think that's important. And the more Latinas that we get talking money, they bring in their own, not only perspective, experience, but their own skills that we we just need it all. We need more. And so it just, it just makes me happy just seeing, especially I think, I don't know what, what you think, Janice, but I think since the time I've known you, which has been probably maybe... I don't know, a year or so. Yes, I think more and more Latinos, I'm seeing more and more Latinos talk money and that I'm just like, this is what this is what we need, (laughs) especially because I've been at this for a while, but not always specifically talking to Latinos. So it just, it's, it makes me happy.
2: Absolutely. And Jen, you know, I don't know if you realize how much of a groundbreaker you are, like you existing in this podcast space and being Latina and talking about money, gave me permission to do that. So, you know, oh, I if I hadn't that. seen you, I probably would have been like, you know what, maybe this is just not something that anybody cares about. But the fact that your platform already existed gave me the the courage and the hope to be like, okay, somebody cares about this. Maybe I can yeah. add something to the conversation. So thank you for all the work that you do.
3: Oh my gosh, thank you. Well, thank you for being here too, because... <laughs> I can't do this alone.
2: <laughs> it's a journey. It's a lot,
1: y'all. For sure. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's really interesting. Jen, I think, has influenced so many people too. And and obviously, a lot of the growth of Latina podcasters I contribute to her always championing us and just being, you know, a pillar in these spaces. So thank you so much for the work that you do for us. You never know who you're going to impact. And even though you're in your lane doing your own thing, we're all feeding off of each other and each other's energy in these spaces, uh, you know, I took a different direction, but it's it's just something that continues to, to work, you know, and I think that sharing that energy and knowing that there's no competition in this space, but more of a collaborative place for all of us to continue growing, I think we'll see more and more people growing off of that.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I feel like, you know, for the longest time we've been othered by everyone else And so there is nothing beneficial about us continuing that same vibe within ourselves. Like we know that if we are going to elevate as a community, it starts with each one of us taking responsibility and accountability for each other's growth and being that leader, being that cheerleader, being the support that we know we didn't have. Right. And so I see it across, you know, social media. I see it across podcasts, like There's so much eagerness to collaborate and network because we, for the longest time, have just felt like isolated, like nobody cares about this stuff. But we know we know better now.
3: Right. And I think, too, and I know this conversation isn't just about the gender wage gap, but I think the more we're talking about money, the more Latinas that we have talking money, the the really the not the faster, but the more of an impact that we're going to have in narrowing that. Because there's once a year we get in rah, 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 we need, to, we need equal pay. And that's all well and good. But the fact is that that gender wage gap is so much, much more complex with, than that. It's not, yes, companies need to pay more. Got it. That's perfect. But I think that work comes from within. It's also understanding that we take pauses. Heck, I took a pause when I had my kids. And so that knowing the importance of investing and building wealth when you're taking that pause from your career or how you're making money and really understanding the impact of that long-term is important. So I'm derailing the conversation again, but all that to say that it's just important to speak, talk, Money with your with your friends with other Latinas, and really the work with it. Really, the work starts with from within, uh, in terms of narrowing that gender wage gap. And we have a long ways to go, but I know collaboratively we we can do it.
1: Yeah, you know, moving a little bit away from the one, the gender wage gap, and but also going into. You know, it's not just a week that we need to focus on gender wage. It's not just a month that we need to focus on the Latino, Latinx, Latina culture in the US. It's basically figuring out how we can create our space and create that footprint where it's no longer a question, right? Like it's actually accessible and everyone um doesn't make it seem like, you know, Taco Tuesdays is just part of our <laughs> cultural makeup, right? It's like we're all here and finding a space for you guys not to just like generalize us on one month from September the 15th to October the 15th, which let's be honest, that's not a month. Um. <laughs> Obviously, I have my own personal issues on these things, but I agree with you guys 100%. Um, and the one thing, and I'm going to say this in Spanish, was se jodieron con nosotros because they forgot that we actually support each other in these spaces and we want to see our community grow. So that being said, there's so much positivity that's coming out of this generation, the next generation, and the continued on generations um, from the Latinos that are here in the U.S. and those that continue to come up here. Um, There's just the opportunity is endless. And we we create those things now. And I I just love the fact that, like, you know, the day I have children, they're not going to have to they don't need to think outside the box. They don't have to be the creator because that space was already done for them. Like you're digging in the trenches, which sucks sometimes, as a solopreneur. <laughs> but um what have been what has been the biggest challenge for each one of you as a solopreneur?
3: I think for me because I I work from home is really establishing those boundaries once the boys come home like I don't need to continue working. So it's establishing those boundaries of when my when I'm going to be working. And it's also easy to not work. I mean, I don't find myself, there are days that I just like, eh, I'm not going to work. I'm going to go binge uh, some Netflix. There are some days that I do that. I don't make it a habit, but I think the boundaries of working, the boundaries of also as well as making sure that the household Uh, contributes that it's not just me cooking, you know, cleaning. I had told my husband from the get go, I am not that traditional housewife. And my if you get married to me, you're also going to cook clean and all that stuff. And my boys, my boys know that. So it's really making sure that that continues. That's that's the challenge because people get lift busy, and I'm like, hey, I'm busy too. <laughs> let's get it together. Come on, let's go. So for me, the boundaries and and really making sure that everybody contributes. So it doesn't fall on me. Hello, <laughs> you got things to do. <laughs>
2: I think for me, it's been two main ones that stick out in my head. The first one is I'm super type A, I'm a control freak. So for the longest time, I thought I had to do everything. I had to be the CEO, the accountant, the social media manager, the podcast editor, the freaking marketing expert, all the things, right? And like, okay, fine. There's some merit to understanding those different aspects of your business, but should you be doing all of them? Absolutely not. Like, girl, relax, especially if you're starting your business as a side hustle and then working a full-time job. That's a great recipe for no sleep, you know, no kind of self-care, no type of mental health. You're just going to be a hot ass mess. And I was a hot mess for the longest time. So I had to learn the beauty and the magic of outsourcing, of paying other people to do these things because I got to sleep. I got to get my workout in. Like I have to start taking care of myself cause You know, I'm not getting any younger. That was something I had a very hard time doing, you know, because I, of course, you just, you have this fear about like you being the only person who can do all this stuff. And it's just not, it's not true. And I think that just gets tied to us as women. Like we're always programmed. You don't ask anybody for help. Like you figured it out, right? You got to figure it out, girl. Don't you dare go making it seem like that you can't handle it all because then everybody's going to judge you. So that's you know, we got to unlearn that toxic patriarchy nonsense that's been fed to us. And then charging what I want to make, okay? Not even what I'm worth, what I want to make. It's not necessarily the same thing, right? Because like your self-worth could be very misaligned with like the value of your skills. And so In order for you to make your business profitable, like you can't be giving away everything. You can't be like doing all the free content. You can't be having discounts all the time. You can't be, you know, giving all the favors because we're running a business. We're not running nonprofits here. Like, you know, you can do that on your free time, but like I got bills to pay. So I just really started getting uncomfortable with my pricing. Like if I wasn't feeling uncomfortable, I was like, this is not high enough. And it's funny because I feel like the more I charge, the more business I get. And it sounds insane, but people value what they pay for. And if you have, you know, your little hoopty thousand dollar car or you have like your $50,000 BMW, you're going to take care of those two things very differently. You're going to appreciate them. You're going to go the extra mile for the thing that you paid for more. And I've seen that translate through my business. Like the more I
3: charge, the more people are like, wow, I got value here. So raise your prices, y'all. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that's important. And being okay with saying no. Being okay with saying no, I, that was something I was not good at. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll help. But no, I really have started to say more often, especially because I still get these inquiries, oh, can you come speak? And then they don't have a budget. I know. No, <laughs> I don't do it. But I think it's also important that we start, we may not have the money to live our dream life yet, but what can you do right now to start living it? And I think doing that uh, helps helps you, uh, motivates you, keeps you in action. It does so many things. And that's something that I've been working on doing more and more uh, is just really living? How, how do I want to live? And what are some things that I can do right now to really live that dream life? There's some things that doesn't does, really doesn't cost a lot of money, like some shifts in the house. I, I don't know what because your environment really impacts how you feel and what, how you feel impacts the decisions that you make, right? Uh, so I think that's really, really critical and, and important.
2: Yes, outsourcing belongs in the home too. Like, go pay somebody to clean your house, do your laundry, whatever you need to do. If you need some extra hours to work on your business and you don't have the time to be freaking mopping the floor, go either find your husband or your partner to outsource the work to them or hire a third party.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no more fighting about dirty dishes, y'all. That's getting old. (laughs) Just hire somebody to help. I will never forget the first time I had somebody come clean my house. My mom cleaned houses. When we were kids growing up, we cleaned houses with her. I mean, it wasn't a thing, you know, right. I think everybody either has that story or nurse someone with that story. But I remember the first time she came to visit me and she was like, if you're going to be working this hard, you're going to need somebody to help you because I'm not going to come to your house. And I was like, okay, And then she got someone who came and helped and like reorganized my whole closet and everything. And I was like, I'll give you whatever you want. Please come back. (laughs) But yeah, I absolutely agree with you 100%. We have to get into that space of, hey, man, it's okay. We don't have to do everything. We don't have to be super women. Like, you know, we can be good at one thing. And that one thing can be the thing that gives us the money to pay for the other things. And it's all about protecting your space and being very um, like mindful of how much you're spending Ooh,
2: even time. I'm so glad you said that, Rita, because I feel like so much of our time can get sucked up by these things that don't even advance the cause. Right. Like what is spending three hours cleaning your house on a Saturday going to do for your bottom line? Not a damn thing. Good- that's time that you could be spending building a new product to sell in your business, right? Like, Absolutely. we have to get out of this idea that, like, we're not being the best wives and mothers and whatever, like, just because we don't want to clean the damn house every weekend. <laughs> yeah. Like, I want to make money. Yeah. That's that's what I want to do. That's what I'm good at. So <laughs> give yourself the space.
1: Yeah. I mean, the only thing I think it ever brings to me cleaning the house is um, finding out what the new songs are on the radio. <laughs> Y'all remember waking up in the morning, music super loud, blasting, like whatever, salsa, merengue, bachata, punta, whatever you listen to. It's like, that's what I remember. And that's not a memory I want to keep in my mind anymore.
2: (laughs) No, those those mornings were traumatic. (laughs) Absolutely. But.
1: Very important. Here we are now. Right. Like talking about it on a podcast. And it's like those are the memories that that I think are very important, too, because it it does give us like that cultural connection. Right. And speaking of cultural connections, what does culture mean to you in your um, in your business? Like how do you obviously you're very specific to, you know, working with Latinas, but how does culture affect your business?
2: So, you know, it's funny because when I was first starting the podcast, I knew I wanted to talk to Latinas, but I wasn't sure what that sounded like when it came to money. And I think that comes down to just lack of representation and understanding like, how do we talk about this stuff? I don't know. Nobody's talking about it. Right. So I initially thought like I just had to approach this the same way that, like, you know, the famous white males of personal finance do. And I quickly found like that was not aligned with who I am. That's not aligned with the messaging that I wanted. And so I had to kind of take a step back and be like, look, if you were talking to your girlfriends about this, like, how would we talk about this? And that is honestly like the whole vibe of the podcast. It's really just like imagining we're a brunch, like just gossiping about money, right? And talking about all the things that we're doing. So for me, culture is everything. I mean, it's the lens through which I talk about this. And so we're not just talking about, you know, why you should have a budget and why you should invest in your 401k. We're talking about things that we as Latinas are confronting every single day. Like, how do I plan for my parents' retirement and mine? Cause I know they don't have any money, right? Or how do I support my family with emergencies? Oh, so that means I need to have a separate emergency fund, right? Like There's just things that are a part of our experience that personal finance just doesn't acknowledge is a problem or a thing or an obstacle. And so I really try to put that lens in all of the content that I I create and the discussions that I have on the podcast with guests, right? We talk about our money traumas. We talk about what we learned or didn't learn about money. We talk about all of the things that shaped us because we have a lot in common when it comes to the lack of literacy And the more that we normalize acknowledging that the more we can get the shame and the guilt that has always been associated with money in our culture out of the discussion right because it's like if we're all going through this
3: ain't nothing to be ashamed about agreed and i think like janice for me is just talking to like talking to my friends that's how i definitely do my podcast because I like to talk and I like to talk to my friends. I like to talk money. So it just comes naturally to me. And I think what, when it comes to culture, just of being a Latina, but I also really try to think because the Latinx community is diverse in itself. So I there's the recent immigrants, the second generation Latinx, there's people like me that was was born an American citizen. I didn't immigrate. So I've had this privilege, right? But I am Latina through and through. I'm also white, but I, you know, claim the the Latina through and through. And uh, so I really look at it from the lens of what, who is in our community. So again, the recent immigrants, the DACA recipients, they each have a different nuance with money that we have to take into consideration. So there's a lot of things that I'm doing to learn about that right now and uh, in organizations that I'm doing some work with to really do some research and to have a better understanding so I can better serve. Because before I was only able to serve those in a similar situation like me and I need to be able to understand since I'm not an immigrant, how can I claim to have an understanding of what immigrants uh, have gone through, right? I can't serve them well until I really understand. Uh, So I think just having that lens of really understanding the nuances of the different subgroups in our community is important too.
1: What is something that you would tell your 18-year-old self about money management?
3: You mean right now? Because I'm 18 at this very moment. I'm kidding.
1: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, if To my 18-year-old self, I would just say to really be okay with the journey, to be okay with making mistakes. You don't have to get it right from the bat because you're just setting up yourself for failure your, that way. But just being okay with making mistakes, being okay, just getting in there and creating a budget and, and going over the budget or setting up an investment. And then maybe it wasn't the right investment, but you're trying, this is how you learn. You learn from uh, doing things, making mistakes. And, and this is how we learn. So I think I would, I would say that because when I was 18, I had all these plans of investing in real estate and making sure that I was really building that wealth, uh, but I didn't know how I was gonna do it. I just had these big dreams, and what I think helped me was that I wasn't afraid to just jump in right there were still still some stumbles along the way for sure, and I still stumble, but i i was I keep pressing. I do not give up, no matter. <laughs> How many times I have failed. Uh, That might be the Taurus in me. I'm so darn stubborn. I keep going. I don't care. I doesn't matter. So anyways, derailed it again. But that's my answer.
2: Jen, when is your birthday? I'm a Taurus too. May 9th. Oh my god, I'm the second. I love it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
3: That's why
2: we understand each other. That's why we get it. That's why we get it. (laughs) And we're like, by any means necessary, that's kind of like the the motto, right? Um, you know, if if I could go back and tell my 18-year-old self what I know now, money will never be enough. And so I say that because I was convinced that money could buy happiness, y'all. And what I was actually seeking was freedom. Freedom to dictate what my life looked like, how my days would unfold, how I earn a living who gives me permission to do things, who doesn't, right? Like I I just, I didn't realize it at the time, but I mean, I've been a rebel since I was a kid. I've always kind of been anti-authority, like, please don't tell me what to do because I'm gonna, don't tell me what not to do because then I'm gonna do it twice. and I'm gonna take pictures and we're all gonna watch me breaking the rules together. That's kind of how I live my life. And, you know, it's a great path to entrepreneurship is going against the grain, But I didn't even know that that was a possibility for me. And, uh, you know, if I could go back and say, girl, just because you don't want to conform to what society thinks you should be doing, what your parents think you should be doing, doesn't make you a bad person. It just makes you different. And you got to figure out what that different is going to look like.
1: Are you looking for binge friendly podcasts created by Latinas or Latinx voices like yours and mine? Latinapodcasters.com is the largest platform globally amplifying the voices of Latina podcasters. To find your newest addiction in self-help, spirituality, religion, sexuality, and so much more, go to latinapodcasters.com. There are over 70 podcasts for you to listen to, and if you're a podcaster, you can also add your podcast to the directory. Go to latinapodcasters.com for more information. Ladies, it's been so awesome having you on the show. Is there anything else you would like to share with everybody who's listening about money tips um, before we go into Empodera Latina's Power Hour and ask the rapid fire questions?
2: I think for me, it's you know, it sounds very like woo woo or whatever, like mindset, but I'm, I'm so big into mindset. Like, I feel like it's the foundation of us really just starting to change our lives. And what I want to leave people with is every day is a new chance to change your life. And it's, you know, when you think about the journey through life in general, it's just a series of decisions and the consequences of those decisions. So every day you can choose different, you can decide to do something different and see what happens, right? Like the only guarantee you have is if you keep doing the same damn thing, you're probably going to wake up every morning to the same damn thing. So if you're over it, if you're tired of being, you know, financially stressed, if you're tired or feeling like you don't know what the hell's going on, you're tired of feeling like you're just spinning your wheels, try doing something different and see what happens.
3: I would say uh, is really create that vision of how you want to live and Don't take. I don't deserve this. Who am I? And don't let that mind stuff. Because like Janine's mindset is is huge for me. Don't let that stuff get in the way. But instead, creating that vision of how you want to live. I I think it's uh, important. I know for me, that's something I've done. And sometimes I pause doing it because I remember when I was younger and before I, you know, I failed a lot. Right before I got into the real world, that people are always saying you're so lucky. I just had this vision and somehow those things would happen. And I don't think it was because I was lucky. It's that I, I allowed myself permission to receive those things. And, and why? Because I had the vision and I was okay with that vision. I didn't judge myself, oh, I don't deserve it. It's like, why not? Why can't we have these things? I, just allow and give yourself permission to receive because we are all deserving.
1: I love that. And as we continue to grow in the community and in the space in the US, all over the con- all over the world honestly, Latinas are going to be a powerhouse. We already are, but giving us the ability to step into our power and say you're deserving of any life that you want and it doesn't matter where you start from. You just have to give yourself like like you said the mindset and, you know, just the will. And the power to want to do it, and give yourself, give yourself the space too, right? Like give yourself the ability to forgive yourself and move forward. Okay, ladies, hemos llegado a la hora de empoderamiento, or the power hour for Empodera Latina podcast. Now, the rules to the game are: I'm going to ask you a question, and you're going to answer it with the first question that comes the first answer that comes to your mind. Okay? Están listas?
2: sounds good all right let's do it
1: let's do it okay let's go all right Put the let's go me okay jen what was the last song you listened to on spotify
3: there's a song from this uh series la niña by a uh, group called team Buktu. i don't know if you know that song i love that that was just and i was listening to it at the gym and it's very slow it's like a very slow but i'll have to share it with you i love that song. I, I would sing it, but, you know, we do not want to break the internet right now. No worries.
2: Janice? For me, it was Yonaguni by Bad Bunny. I need to learn Japanese so that I can sing the last part of the song, because apparently that's what we're doing now. We're making reggaeton with Japanese, and I'm so here for it.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, All the cultural shifts. We love this. Uh, Janice, what was your favorite meal growing up?
2: Pastelon. So if you don't know what pastelón is, it is Puerto Rican lasagna. It's sweet plantains, ground meat, cheese, all baked in layers. And it's my last meal on earth, if I have any choice about it. That
1: sounds delicious. Jen?
3: For me, it was uh, ajiaco. Ajiaco. El El ajiaco colombiano that has like, it's the soup that has everything. It's so filling, but it really has the key ingredient that I think it for me is a key ingredient is an aguacate. I cannot live without aguacate. Uh, so that's that's for me.
1: You know, I'm going to share something with everybody who's listening cuz I'm pretty sure those who have been listening to the other episodes, it cracks me up cuz whenever we get to this question and answer, not one person who's been on the episode can rapid fire and just answer with one answer. <laughs> Everyone goes into like a full blown description and I absolutely love it because I'm like it literally is everybody does the same thing. They're like, and let me explain to you. This is what it is. And I'm like, yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> okay. Janice,
3: well, I'm gonna keep it short the next. Time.
1: I know. <laughs> no words. Janice, who's who's your favorite family
2: member? My
3: mom. Jen. <laughs> You're making it hard. I'm going to choose my husband so that way I don't have to choose in between my two boys. My husband.
1: Your husband. Uh, let's see. Do you have any superstitions, Janice?
2: Uh, no. <laughs> I do not. I'm very much science-oriented person.
3: I don't believe in any of that nonsense. <laughs> okay. Jen? I normally don't, but mi abuelita, she create she made this little uh, little bag that has little things that keeps me safe uh from el niño jesus and all, and I carry that with me all the time so I don't know if it's superstition but, but it's superstition but for me I feel like that keeps me safe
1: what telenovelas did you watch growing up
3: oh my goodness well, it depends on like because I was in Colombia to a certain time, and then I was here when I was younger or when I was eight years old. And I didn't watch any telenovelas like uh, Hispanas uh, growing up in terms of when I was here in the US. That's a hard question. I don't have an answer. Can I tell you what I watch right now? Sure. Can I just, you know, because I'm a fighter, I'm going to break the rules. I'm yeah. watching is called. Café con Aroma de Mujer. It's just this, this cue, just, yeah, I'm watching that every single night at 10 p.m. So if you want to join me, Santa Telemundo. And I love it. Sounds good. And it's una telenovela colombiana. Okay. Nice. Keeping
2: <laughs> it I was always forced to watch Days of Our Lives with my mother on NBC. She made me, like, responsible for playing the re- pressing the record button on the freaking bcr and if her novella did not get recorded adios you didn't even want to be in the house it was it was you were just asking for problems <laughs> oh yeah girl i was a
1: uh one life to live girl so i get it like <laughs> all right last
2: question
1: what was your nickname growing up
2: j-lo but with the t since my last name's torres And I have a big butt, so it's pretty (laughs) (laughs) self-explanatory. I
3: love it. (laughs) Uh, Jen, what was your nickname? I didn't, I don't think I had a nickname, but my grandmother always called me Chatika. I think my nose, something about my nose. So that's the only thing I remember.
1: Well, ladies, it has been such an awesome pleasure to have you both on today talking about how to be financially strong, Latinas, and wealth wound uh, diminishing, I guess, right? Like getting rid of the wealth wounds. How can everybody get a hold of you?
3: Really simply, Jen Hempill on my uh, website and on Instagram, Jen Hempill or her, Dinetto Matters.
2: You can find me at YoQueroDineroPodcast.com. There you'll find all my social media links, the podcast, and all of the random things that I'm doing over there.
1: Thanks for tuning in to Empodera Latina podcast with your host, Rita Bautista. I'm hoping that you got a chance to fill yourself up with amazing, empowering stories from Latinas like you and I. For more information on Latina Podcasters Network, go to Latinapodcasters.com. We also have a directory of over 70 podcasts listed there, all made by Latina and Latinx podcasters. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and all your social media platforms. And don't forget to rate and subscribe to this podcast. And remember, keep it.
0: Get up to two free months of podcast hosting service with LipsIn. Use our unique promo code LatinaPod to get your show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Get critical audience building stats and all the support you need to sound your best. They can even do video. Bring your podcast to life and have your voice heard here, there and everywhere with Lipson. Again,
1: make sure to use Lipson promo code LATINAPOD and get podcasting.